Kevin Hagelin's a host of 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He jumps on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line with us now. And let's just start with Luka, man. Like, I, I'll run out of words to even describe what Luka Doncic can do. What is it like just watching this guy play on a nightly basis, especially given what he did last night? I think the word I'm going to go with is fantastical, <laughs> Yeah, if that can count I think as that works. a new word to add to the repertoire. But, like... It's interesting because it's so much fun to watch him, but like so agitating all rolled into one that this team, y'all just mentioned it, one game out of the fifth spot, you have one of the best, what, at worst four players in the NBA, potentially moving up to the favorite to be the MVP. And then you played a Knicks team that was without their best player and you need a miracle run to come back and win at home. I think that's the dynamic of it's frustrating at times to be a Mavs fan when you have the franchise here. Kevin, do you get the vibe that like other stars want to play with him because he's so ball dominant? Obviously, Luca and the Porzingis experience did not work, but do you think if they brought in the right piece that Luca could make it work with whoever that may be? I don't think like a prototypical star would. I think that's why uh, why Jokic comes up so much, right? Because they're like, oh, they're both Euros. They understand how it goes. But I think there is a lot of concern because he is so ball dominant. And like that was one of the things I liked about Brunson is you could run the offense off of somebody else or see how Luka played without the ball a little bit more. But like then obviously that fell apart and Brunson went away. So I don't know. I like – I want to say yes, because why would you not want to play with Luka? But I also know that this can be like a me-first league like so many other leagues, and you're not going to get that. This is always going to be Luka's team, no matter who comes in here. Kevin, what's the like the, the ceiling for this Mavs team if it stays currently constructed the way that it is? <sighs> I mean, like I guess I can't rule out Western Conference Finals as a ceiling because I think you could make an argument that like, Christian Wood, the way he fits into the system, could be as good as Jalen Brunson. I'm not saying they're like the same quality player, but I think Christian Wood has the potential to be as good as Jalen Brunson, and you saw that make it to the Western Conference Finals. But again, when we talk about the juxtaposition of frustration is people keep talking and thinking about, hey, what if Brunson was still here? What if you had somebody else who could like create their own shots and everything like that? And that's the team that I think people can't quite get out of their mind, at least not yet anyway. Kevin, switching over to the Cowboys now, obviously a big win last week over the Eagles, but is the vibe still, is there concern there because it was Gardner Minshew, because the Eagles kind of needed to turn the ball over those two times late in the fourth quarter for the Cowboys to get ahead and win that game? And the defense recently just against the Jags, it wasn't great. Against the Texans, it wasn't great. Like, is there still some real concern heading into these next couple weeks and heading into the playoffs even after that Eagles win? Okay, there is real concern, but what you have to keep in mind is there's 27 years of baggage that are built into that concern, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you ask fans around here, this is the worst 11-4 and team in the history of football, just because, like, so much gets carried along, uh, along with it. So there is reason for optimism. And the thing about Minshew, and, like, I 100% get your question and get your point, but, like, he doesn't play defense, right? Yeah. Like, the Cowboys still hung 40 points on them, and... I think that's a big thing that, like, if you're an Eagles fan, you should also be concerned. I get Jalen Hurts is an upgrade over Gardner Minshew, but he don't play defense, man. Cowboys are now 11-point favorites on the road Thursday night in Tennessee. Four Titans are out on defense. Derrick Henry's doubtful. Uh, I mean, is this going to be a game where maybe even Dallas goes out and they build a big lead early and you start to see some backups go into the game at all to prepare them for the last week of the season to rest some guys? 
You know what's interesting about that? I would not count on that as much defensively. So like keep that in mind when you're making your betting projections and everything like that because what Dan Quinn has talked about all season long is pass rushing is a privilege, right? And so I would not be shocked to see whether it's Micah, whether it's, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong. I know some healing has to be done in some of those points if they might not look to, I don't know if you would call it stat padding or not, but like they might have a little bit more free reign if it is a 17 21 point game so i don't know if you would see that necessary rest but you might be without tony pollard as well so you might see some like medically necessary rest happening kevin if uh if dallas if philly wraps up the division this week if they beat new orleans do you see dallas playing their starters in week 18 i know they were faced with a similar scenario i think a couple years ago when they did against the giants do you still see them sticking with all their starters if, if Philly were to wrap up the division this week? I think Pollard and Micah immediately come to mind as people that would sit Micah because he's played on the line of scrimmage so much more this year as opposed to last year. It's, it's just logical that he's more worn down. I think him sitting would make sense. I think Tony Pollard, who is 50-50 right now, maybe 51 against playing tomorrow night, I think he could sit as well. But Man, Dak and the rest of the crew have talked a lot about like what we need to show, what we need to do. So I, I I think not as many starters would sit as one would logically anticipate since they would be locked into the five seed if that scenario happened. Talking to Kevin Hagelin, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Let, let's look at playoffs because obviously Dallas will be there. And you talk about scars sure. and the years of, of letdowns. Now, as a Commanders fan myself, I know about letdowns, but we don't have the expectations that you have in Dallas, obviously, so it's a whole lot right. different. What are the right. expectations for this team? I mean, we look at a 49ers. I think the 49ers are the best roster in the NFL minus the quarterback they've got out there, even though Brock Purdy has been great in the role that he's been thrust into right now. But in a lot of ways, I feel like the NFC is is wide open because you can find reasons to really poke holes in every team that's at the very top there. And I think that's why some people still have realistic Super Bowl aspirations. I'll, I will tell you this. If you lose to the champion of the NFC South in the first round, this place is going to burn it to the <laughs> ground. And I'm still not entirely sure that Mike McCarthy's job is set is safe. Even though back-to-back playoffs for the first time in 15 years, back-to-back double-digit winning seasons for the first time in, I think, 27 years, I still think if they lose that opening game to the NFC South, I don't care if it's Tom Brady or not, I still think there could be some upheaval there. But people have been waiting to fire Kellen Moore, fire this person, fire that person. If they don't make it to at least the second round, I think there's going to be a lot of trouble. And I think that Eagles win gives people some reason for optimism because that would theoretically be your second round matchup. I know upsets could toss you out to San Francisco or wherever, but I still think there's reason for optimism that this team could make a run. You know, it's funny, Kevin, because I was actually going to ask you about, like, what does McCarthy need to do? What round does he need to make it to to feel safe? Nick and I have talked that a a bunch about Sean Payton, and we think Brandon Staley's probably good in L.A., so what's going to happen in Dallas? Who do you see as the biggest threat, though, in the NFC when you're looking at Philly, when you're looking at San Francisco? Or is it one of these teams, like, is it even the Lions or the Packers if they somehow manage to squeak in and make it? Well, sure. If the if look, I, I will certainly admit if the Packers make it, there will be panic across the DFW that those two could match up because Aaron Rodgers is the kryptonite where Dallas Cowboys hopes and dreams go to die. 
But I, I think it's the 49ers. Like you saw the matchup last year, the 49ers just out physical the Cowboys time and again. I think that's a worse matchup for the Cowboys than the Eagles. Not to say that the Eagles aren't good because clearly they're phenomenal. I just think they have a lot of similarities, the Eagles and the Cowboys, whereas the 49ers, new quarterback or not, they out physical in a way that I would rather not see how that plays out for the Cowboys. You know, I've seen this narrative a lot over the last at least couple of years, and I'm curious to get your take on this. Do you think that Dak Prescott's skill set and talent has been maximized in this offense? Like, have we seen peak Dak Prescott, or do you think that there's even another level with another system, another coach? What, what's been the vibe around that there? And and I don't mean to like I don't mean to dodge your question or anything. This is honestly the best way I can answer it. Is peak Dak Prescott always comes with a flaw, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think that game against Philly that you saw is peak Dak Prescott, but it comes with that flaw. Like if you could ever get the peak Dak Prescott on a consistent basis without that one mistake or that one throw, and you're just like, what the heck was that? Is I think that could lead to a magical season. But I think at this point, it's only logical to say like that's part of the package. So I do think you're seeing elements of peak Dak Prescott because the first couple years of his career, the Cowboys won, but he didn't have the stats. Now he has the stats and the Cowboys have been winning on a more consistent basis than they have in a long time. You just have to know that there's going to be a built-in mistake along the way. Kevin, I want to ask you a little bit about TCU, obviously doing radio there in Dallas. You're familiar with them, and not much of the country probably has watched them a too good amount. What chances do do you give them against Michigan? What are they going to have to do to pull the upset or keep it competitive against the Wolverines? Well, I mean, I think the number one argument, at least from a betting perspective, is there's no team better at beating the spread in big money situations this season than TCU, like the Kansas State game notwithstanding. And so, I, you know, I like TCU. They're gutsy for whatever intangible you want to take that out from. And everyone around the Metroplex has fallen in love with the Max Saw or <laughs> Max Saw Duggan, if you want to call him that, whatever your, you know, Hacksaw Max Duggan, whatever your preferred nomenclature is. But I, I think he's been phenomenal. I think they're going to give it a heck of a heck of a go. But unfortunately, I think the writing might be on the wall with that Michigan team, especially since they didn't skip a beat once their running back went down and everything like that. So I think TCU will make it an entertaining game for three quarters and then Michigan will pull away. Are you in on the Georgia train winning at all? Or are you in a different boat? Yeah, I mean, look, as much as I like Michigan, it does feel kind of hard to argue against Georgia. I would be super stoked to see Georgia and Michigan, though, in the uh, championship game. I mean, I guess I probably should say so I can still live in the Metroplex and everything. I would be more stoked to see TCU in Georgia. So that's what I meant to say. But (laughs) I'd be okay with the other matchup, too. There you go. Oh, You know, we didn't even ask you about tomorrow's game. If you had a play, Dallas is favored by 11. The total is 40 or even any player props that you like anything you're betting in this game I I would be curious about the individual stat lines on Micah Parsons because what we talked about earlier is rushing the passer is a privilege I think the Cowboys beat the spread because I do not think they will ease up at a logical point in the game like where you might normally see it go well let's just ride out the rest of the flow so I think Micah Parsons on an individual sack basis play the over and then Cowboys beating out the spread tomorrow would be my go-to picks. There you go. The official play live from Dallas. Kevin Hagland, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Appreciate it, man.
Later, y'all. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if you've got half of the Titans out, I mean, you're going to want to... Pro- if I'm Dallas, I still want to ride the momentum. I still want to go out there and, and play as though it's a playoff game now to make sure that you stay sharp for you know week 18 and then getting into the playoffs. I, I agree with you. I agree, and I totally agree with what he's saying, too. Michael Parsons shouldn't play. Tony Pollard shouldn't play, but I think Dak needs the reps. I think you, you let some starters go out there and play. And, and I think there's going to be a part of them, too, Nick, especially if Washington beats Cleveland this week. Like, there's always a part of you. If you have a chance to knock your rival out of yep. the playoffs— you're you're going to give that some thought as well, especially if it's the commanders. So I think that plays a part in it. And uh, I would expect Dak for sure to be out there in week 18. Yeah, I mean, that stuff matters. There's of no course, question. It, it, the, those rivalry games certainly matter. Yep. Um, you know, there's not as much riding on it for Washington week 18 if they don't win against Cleveland. But, you know, I'm just jaded. I just, this is just <laughs> what it is at this point for me. So uh, 